Wouldn't it be nice if there was a guarantee, like a recipe of if you put all these things together, there's zero percent chance of divorce or here's a recipe where you have a 100 percent chance of having a happily ever after 100 percent of the time. So this podcast today about recognizing Mr. Right isn't about that. It's not a recipe. Sometimes I've noticed that if a couple has had an exceptionally happy marriage, they tend to kind of push their recipe on other young people as advice. One example is some people are like, oh, you have to have your education before you marry. And I can see the advantages, you know, there's less strain if there isn't that financial burden, but there has been some really thriving marriages. I could name all kinds of names of couples that married very young and helped put each other through school and et cetera. And I mean, surviving really tends to bond us. And so that's a challenge, but challenge binds us. And so that can be actually a good thing to be married and getting your education at the same time. So that's not a recipe. Uh, some people will be like, wait till you're 30. You're really not mature enough. Well, there's just no guarantee one way or the other when it comes to age. Everyone has preferences. And this is not going to be a list of my personal preferences. The funny thing about preferences, like, you know, people will make like a wish list. Here's all the qualities that I want in my future spouse. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's probably a good idea to ponder some of those things. But for example, I know somebody who had a lot of laughter in her family growing up. And it was kind of one of the favorite things about her family. And so she knew for sure one thing, he has got to be funny. Like her dad was funny. And that led to a lot of happiness that the family enjoyed together. Then she met someone who was just so spot on perfect for her and he was not funny. But she discovered that they were constantly laughing and she had a light bulb moment and she was like, Oh, I thought I wanted to marry a funny person, but actually I just wanted to make sure that we were constantly laughing a lot and we do. And it looks like I'm the comedian of the family now. So preferences can switch around. So preferences can be altered as you realize, oh, here's this person and all the important things are lining up. And I realize what used to be important to me really isn't as important as before. So this list of qualities in Mr. Right are not my particular list of preferences, because that would be irrelevant. So these thoughts that I'm sharing today started gathering in my head as my youngest entered her late teens and I started thinking, what was it that made this marriage of mine that was four months we knew each other, I was only 17, and he'd only been a Christian for three months, like, what were the elements in him that made it work? So while there's no recipes, character is a non-negotiable. And so this is a list of non-negotiables. So many arranged marriages from other cultures don't necessarily have a lower divorce rate. In fact, 
the self-reporting on the happiness. Sometimes there can be more happiness in an arranged marriage in other cultures than we experience in our culture today. And I'm not proposing that we go back to arranged marriages. I'm just saying love is a decision made by two people that two people can choose to have a perspective and can control whether or not they'll continue to love each other. Love is a decision. When we were in the process of adopting Korean children, we took some classes and they were explaining to us many of the cultural differences between the East and the West that they wanted us to be aware of. And one of them really stuck with me that applies here. In the West, they taught us, you fall in love and marry. In the East, we marry and fall in love. So I think it's a very freeing reality that love is a decision that two people can decide to love. They're in control of whether or not they will continue to love. You'll marry a man with preferences and opinions quite at variance with your own. He will have his own mixed bag of quirks and weaknesses and regrets to overcome. That being said, outside of becoming part of the Bride of Christ, the second most significant decision one will make will be selecting this marriage partner. Our spouse will either be one of the greatest advantages or one of the greatest hindrances in not only experiencing a happy, fulfilling, and meaningful life now, but more importantly, whether or not we will overcome the world and gain eternal life. All would agree that even when one must wait for more years than expected, Mr. Right is worth the wait. There may be some qualities that you would add or even remove from this following advice, but regardless, let's pray together for wisdom among the next generation as they make this life-changing decision. Number one, he's a Christian or he wants to be a Christian shortly after he meets you and hears the gospel. He is not a diehard member of a denomination who, when he reads the words of the Great Commission, is more impressed with what his church teaches than what God says. His first allegiance is to the Lord and his word, even above the people that he loves. He is not one who appears to be obeying the gospel from the motive of getting anyone off his back or for the earthly benefit of marrying you. He is self-motivated by a love for God, and you can tell that his faithfulness to the Lord will not depend upon how great things are going to go at your congregation, where you worship. Spiritually, he's a leader. He prays aloud with you beyond mealtime, and his prayers with you are from the heart, not rote. You can tell that God is his holy friend. He may or may not be a preacher, but he is a key part of the body of Christ and is an encourager, not a drainer of encouragement. Of course, he goes to worship when you're sick or out of town. He will be the patriarch of the family, influencing your children to seek God. His priorities are well ordered. His Christianity is the most important characteristic he has, but is not the only reason to marry. Number two, he is self-controlled. He's not a womanizer. He is not addicted to anything. He has never lied to you. He doesn't look for the easy way out, the path of least resistance. He is willing to wait for delayed gratification. He does not have a lack of direction, but uses his time to prepare for his future financially and 
otherwise. Number three, he is energetic and diligent. He's not passive. He works mentally and physically until he sweats. There is therefore order in his life. You see it in his home. You see it in his habits. You see it in what he does when he has a few spare moments. He works because he loves to work. He doesn't sit around waiting to be served, but has a servant's heart. He is respected by his company for his diligence, yet is not so obsessed with his work that he neglects his relationships. He is able to be energetic and driven without being greedy and covetous. He loves God and family more than excessive overtime. Number four, he is confident, not arrogant, confident. He is not timid. He speaks his mind and is self-assured enough to let others speak their minds. He has self-respect and does not dread speaking in public when necessary. He uses his talents. Because of his confidence, he is not unnecessarily jealous and is well-liked. He does not need to flirt with other women to build his own ego. He has a good balance of being self-assured yet humble and is sincerely appreciative of advice or even correction. Number five, he is happy. He smiles and laughs a lot. He is naturally this way. So he doesn't need you to quote unquote, make him happy. He is not moody. He would rather talk through difficulties than pout. He is stable emotionally without mood swings. He makes you feel safe because he is reliable, even predictable in his reactions. He looks on the bright side is optimistic about the future and is rarely discouraged. Number six, he's affectionate in both words and deeds, not only to you, but also to his parents, siblings, and friends. He makes you feel good about yourself in many ways. He never intentionally hurts your feelings. He loves you at least as much as you love him. He doesn't make you feel like he has the upper hand and that you are the lucky one to be with him. He is beside himself with love for you. You can feel it will be a challenge to keep yourselves pure before marriage because you have major chemistry. Yet because he loves your soul more than any other part of you, you are certain that through prayer, you will have the strength to overcome. Number seven, he is your other half. He's not necessarily like you. Your qualities are what he needs and his qualities are what you need. Your strengths and weaknesses balance and complement one another. You bring out the best in one another. He wears the pants, yet he respects and seeks your advice. Your differences are not points of contention. Rather, you celebrate and relish your differences. You realize you are a great team who can accomplish much for the Lord and beyond. Number eight, he is wise. That is why he's willing to wait for intimacy and marriage. That is why he has prepared for a secure financial future. He is wiser than you in many matters. In a sense, it'll be a wonderful life learning from him, and that makes you feel secure, knowing he has what it takes to make wise and mature family decisions. You admire his brain. Number nine, he is much more handsome than you think you deserve. You feel like you could easily spend the next 100 years looking at him. 
You wonder why someone like him is interested in someone like you. You know that no matter what happens to his face and body through the years, he will always be beautiful to you. I've met other women who did not have this as a priority because they felt like if it's not a priority, there was a greater chance that the husband would stay faithful. Maybe. I don't know. It's not a recipe. So this is less of a priority for some women than others. Number 10, you are within the same range when it comes to cleanliness of self and property. You're not going to resent one another's standards one way or the other. You respect one another's work, so you do not create unnecessary work for one another. But help one another without even considering it a favor or making one another feel indebted. Mr. Wright is going to want to miss Wright, so the best use of a young woman's time during her single years is to build the qualities in her own character that will prepare her for a lifetime of happiness in her marriage. Be wise and choose wisely.